The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com. Beverly, how'd you know? Because I hired a detective. Yeah, I thought you were having an affair. It's ridiculous, I know, okay? Well, you could have told me about it, though, couldn't you? You you just completely left me out. Why didn't you tell me, John? You've got to answer that. I was ashamed. Ashamed of what? Of dancing? Well, no, no. And of what? I wanted to be happier. When we have so much. And that is from the movie, Shall We Dance? And it's a fun, fabulous movie. But that emotion of wanting to be happier and feeling guilty, feeling ashamed, is that an earned guilt or is that an unearned guilt? And that's our topic today, talking about guilt and different types of guilt. And do you think you're powerless to do anything about your guilt? Are all your feelings of guilt equally valid? And that's who we are going to talk about that with Dr. Steve Ormer. He's a clinical psychologist and he's a coach in the San Francisco Bay Area specializing in helping adults overcome anxiety and stress-related issues. Welcome, Dr. Ormer, and let's talk about guilt. Let's talk. Okay. Lying to a good friend, cheating on a spouse, stealing from your boss, manipulating a sales clerk, not pleasing your parents, your husband your boss, your wife, not performing perfectly on a test or doing a project to perfection, not winning a game or a competition, getting an A minus, not an A on a test, and teaching a dance lesson and feeling you didn't do your best. Are those all the same type of guilt? No, I I would say that we have two different kinds of guilt in there. We have the earned type of guilt, and we have the unearned type of guilt. So let's start at the beginning. What is guilt? Well, guilt is an emotion that we feel when we think we've acted against our own moral standards. So, for example, uh, if we lie to a friend, and lying or being honest to a friend is a moral standard, and we lie to them, we're going to feel guilt and and uh, another example would be cheating on a spouse. If 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 that's a, a, important for you to be honorable in your in your marriage, and you cheat, then you're going to feel guilt, and and that would be a justified guilt. Right. But if you if somebody yelled at me because I'm not wearing a burqa, yeah, would I feel guilty? Yeah. If, and if you, if I would you not feel, feel guilty. guilty. Why wouldn't I feel guilty? I would be laughing. Because it's ridiculous. It's it's. The fact that you're not wearing a burqa is not violating any moral standard. It's it's an optional choice about what you happen to wear, uh, and 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 that's not something that anybody should feel guilty about. But someone from another country, someone from the Middle East, if they're not wearing one, they if they're wearing hot pants, a sexy mm-hmm. outfit, and they see their parents, and they may feel some guilt. They might, and I think that would be, I would classify that as the unearned type of guilt. And I think what happens there is a mistake that there's certain standards. So, for instance, in, in that kind of society where there's certain standards of, well, you have to wear a burqa to, follow, you know, to be moral, to be, a good, to be a good person or be a good woman, um, and you don't meet that standard, you feel guilty, but the standard is false. The, so the standard is irrational. Exactly. Right. And when we try to meet irrational standards, such as, you know, I should be able to get an A all the time, even if I'm studying really hard, or I need to be perfect all the time, and we don't meet that standard, 
um, we're going to feel guilty quite a bit because it's an irrational standard that you can't really meet. Okay, so there is a positive value to guilt, and you've even called it in one sense, I mean, obviously it's a painful emotion, but you've called it a positive emotion, and in what sense is it a positive emotion? Yeah, I think it's positive in the sense that it gives us information. It's, it's like an alarm. When we feel guilty, what it tells us is that we have taken an action, or we believe we've taken an action that goes against our value system. And then it gives us a chance to do something about it, assuming it's the earned type of guilt. So in the case of, let's say, like we said, lying to a friend, if you lie to a friend, you can make amends. So first of all, you can identify it because you feel guilty that you did something wrong. And you can say, what did I do wrong? Well, I lied to my friend. Well, then you can do something about it. You can apologize to your friend. You can, and then you can commit to not lying in the future and trying to be a more honest person. And so, that can help to dissipate the guilt. So if you use guilt as a signal to repair the damage done, then that's good. If, if, you, definitely, if you did damage. Now, talk about a little bit more about unearned guilt. You have four rules for distinguishing the difference between earned guilt, like stealing, robbing, cheating, and unearned guilt, feeling like you didn't please your parents in every single way that they wanted to unreasonably be pleased, or not getting that A-plus on the test when you really did do your best. Uh, So what are your four rules? Hey, I got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds, that's it. A very quick ad, and then Alan will be back. Romance. Oh, I wish guys knew more about what we want from a relationship. (laughs) Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Ah, here it is. The Selfish Path to Romance. A serious romance guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Hmm, The Selfish Path to Romance. That is interesting. Uh, So what are your four rules? Yeah, so rule number one is that you're only responsible for your own actions. You're not responsible for the actions of others. And this is a a big mistake I think a lot of people make in in terms of guilt, is that they feel that they should have control over what, what other people in their lives decide to do. And so, for example, their, you know, let's say their spouse starts drinking heavily, and they feel like, you know, I should be able to control my spouse and, and prevent them from drinking. And, and they try everything they can, and the spouse doesn't stop drinking. And then they feel guilty because they can't stop the spouse. Well, that would be an unearned type of guilt because you can't control what your spouse or, or anyone else in your life decides to do. So you're not responsible for that person. They're responsible from them, for themselves. And the second uh, rule you have is that you are not responsible for making other people happy. Tell me more yes. about that rule. I don't have to make my mother happy? Yeah. No, you don't have to make it. In fact, you, you can't because happiness is something that only, it's, it's an individual achievement for a person. That ha- they, have to go, they have to do certain things in order to become happy in their life, pursuing certain values. And you as a person, even though you may love and, and really want to help that person, really can't make them happy. Um, you may be able to cheer them up in a, in, a, in a moment and tell them a joke, but that's different than a, a long-term happiness. Okay. So they really need to, they should be responsible for their own happiness. So the mother that says, you never visit me and you make me so unhappy. The mother needs to have a life of her own. She can't put the burden on the kids. 
Um, another exactly. rule you have is make sure your standards are rational versus irrational. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, so I touched on this a little earlier. If you have a standard that you're trying to live by, such as, um, let's say you're a college student, and, I, and when I work with college students, I saw this quite a bit, uh, students that felt the, you know, the perfectionist kind of student who felt like they had to get straight A's on everything, and if they fell below that, they got an A- minus or a B plus, they felt guilty because they weren't meeting that standard. Well, really, that standard is, you know, it's a good goal to have to, to get, you know, to get good grades. But if you're putting in your full effort and you're not getting the A, but you're getting the B, then you should feel proud that you're doing that, that you're working hard and not feel guilty for not being able to meet an unrealistic standard. So you can always ask yourself, is my standard rational? Is getting straight A's all the time a rational standard? You know, it's a goal, but that doesn't mean that if I don't reach, completely reach the goal, that it's a problem. Your rule four, I know we only have a, less than a minute you left, it's you, not, you should not feel guilty for thoughts that you have or images or pictures in your mind, even if you can consider them immoral. Now, that sounds counterintuitive. Uh, just a moment on that one. Yeah, um, I think this is a misnomer. The, the way our minds work is, is thoughts and images pop into our minds all the time, and we don't have direct control over what happens to pop into our head. And if we happen to think of something you know, that we consider immoral, whether it's a, a sexual thought or, or something like that, um, depending on your morality, um, you know, that, that we don't have control over that. So it's important to know that what pops into your mind... As long as you don't good. act on it. Exactly. Right, as right. As long as you don't act on it, what's right. important is action. And how can we reach you? Yeah, the best way to reach me is through my website, which is drorma.com, and that's D-R-O-R-M as in mountain A.com. For more Dr. Kenner podcast, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by Drs. Kenner and Locke. It's important to tell your partner that you love them and express why. This keeps the relationship from going stale. There is no limit to the number of times or ways you can say I love you, provided you genuinely feel it, and provided you routinely back it up with actions consistent with your feelings of love. Don't fall into the trap of the tough guy actor whose movie wife complains that he never says he loves her, and he replies gruffly, well, I married you, didn't I? And don't fall into the trap of repeatedly saying I love you, in a rote mechanical manner without ever giving any reasons. Author Susan Jeffers recommends this romantic way of expressing what your partner means to you. Thank you for being in my life. And we can add to this comments such as, I love it when you do that, or I love it when you say that. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy the book at amazon.com.